What's up, everybody? I just want to remind you that this podcast is brought to you by Fast Break Records. Fast Break Records has a ton of great releases coming out in 2017, 2018. A few that are available right now. Absolute Suffering, Departed, Activate, Lionheart, Brick by Brick, A New Lifeless 7-Inch, Eaten Alive. I want to remind everybody about this Eaten Alive record. Uh, we had a great friend to the Pennsylvania hardcore scene, a Philadelphia native, Max Moya, pass away. So everyone who buys this pre-order, okay, there's a few bunch, uh, a few very cool packages with t-shirts and hoodies and, uh, I don't know, it's just some really cool stuff that you can buy in a pre-order from the new Eaten Alive record. It's called Masterpiece of Ignorance. I've heard a few songs off of it. It is fucking awesome. Awesome record. And if uh, <clears throat> it's a shame that they're not going to get to really uh, push this thing the way that uh, that they wanted to um, before Max passed away. It's truly a masterpiece. It's really a good, good record. Um, go buy this pre-order and all the proceeds go to the family of Max Moya. It's going to go to his mother and father who are really, really having a rough uh, year. Um few other tragedies in his family this is really going to help them a lot uh, if you go pre-order it at fastbreakrecords.com you will be helping his family a lot and uh it'll be much appreciated by everyone in the pennsylvania hardcore scene um one more thing i want to mention is wisdom and chains two records die young and class war they were unavailable digitally for probably close to a year now and uh we have just re-released them digitally on all platforms so now you can buy or stream or however you get your music the two records wisdom and chains die young and wisdom and chains class war are back up on all digital platforms so uh thank you for your patience i know a lot of people were hitting me up and uh, a bunch of the, the band members um seeing you know just kind of wondering what happened to what happened to this record that they love so you are uh in luck it's back up and one of the proudest moments of my musical career is we have a split 7-inch that just came out a few days ago. Fastbreakrecords.com. You can order a Mad Ball Wisdom and Chains split 7-inch. It's called The Family Biz. One song each. Uh, Mad Ball's song is called For the Cause. Our song is called Someday. And it's... Uh, it's doing very well, and I appreciate all the positive feedback that I've heard so far. And uh, please go buy it. Go listen to it. Go buy it on iTunes. Buy the vinyl. Push it, push it, push it. We really appreciate all the support. Thank you so much for uh, for uh, caring about us. It, it really means a lot when uh, I hear from strangers that uh, heard a song that we made in the basement and uh, it, they respond so positively to it, and it becomes a part of the fabric of people's lives, just like it is a, of our lives. We really appreciate the support. Like you, you really have no idea how how great it makes us feel. So, fastbreakrecords.com, www.fastbreakrecords.com. This is the Post America Podcast. That's right, motherfucker. This is our shit! Post America!
motherfucker. This news is a little late. But the legendary character actor Frankie Vincent has passed away. Frankie Vincent was in, you name one movie, then you name one, Joe, and I'll name one. Joe. Goodfellas. Rich, Bronx Tale. Listen, Frankie Vincent. He was in Sopranos. He was Sopranos. Phil Leotardo from Sopranos. He was, um, who was he in? Uh, he w- th- One of the most famous movie scenes of all time, Go Get Your Shine Box. That was Goodfellas, yeah. Yeah, Goodfellas. Yeah, uh, Billy something. Billy Bats. Billy Bats, yeah. So, <clears throat> wasn't he in that movie, uh, what's that old gangster movie with Harvey Keitel and Robert De Niro? Yes. He was in that he too, He was right? in that. He was in Spike Lee's movie. Uh, Do the Right Thing. No, the other one, he might have been Do the Right Thing, but the other one, uh, Jungle Fever. Oh, yeah, yeah, Jungle Fever. Was he? he definitely Didn't was, he throw yeah. the daughter a beating or something in that movie? Yeah. But as a kid in New Jersey, I was from his area, right? And he used to come around. When he came around, it was a big deal. Even back then, like he had some roles under his belt, but he was the neighborhood celebrity. But also from the neighborhood was Joe Pesci. Joe oh. Pesci and Frankie Vincent had a group. Guy would play guitar, one would sing. I forget who did what. And I think it was Joe Pesci that got his first break acting, and he brought Frankie into the mix. That's awesome. And if you see the way Frankie Vincent looks, I mean, you're going to cast him the way he's always been cast. <laughs> he has no choice. The way yeah. he sounds, the way. And that's exactly how he sounded. Like, that's his accent, everything. But I remember this, he's a friend of my dad's. When he used to come around, it was a big deal. He used to tap me on the head, give the kids candy, this and that. Oh, Frankie Vincent, Frankie Vincent. And I never, as a kid, I didn't think twice. Like, you know, I didn't know the movies at the time. Then, years later, when I become an adult, you know, those movies are so important, but especially that one scene. I mean, he was in Goodfellas for 10 minutes, 50. How long was that scene? It's as long as that scene. It's probably eight minutes at the most. Yeah. And that became, everybody <clears throat> knows, go get your shine box. That's the pivotal pivotal moment of the movie. Yeah. Yeah, that's the sways the movie. Oh, yeah, so sick. Hey, oh, what's up? Oh, Valeni, what's up? What's up? Say hi. Celebrity, say celebrity just walked in the room. Oh. Mike Valeni of Brick by Brick. Oh, oh shit, what's up? How you doing? What are you, a little snack? What's up, dude? How's Yo, Brandon is here from Borrowed Time also. Yes. Yo, we've been friends since the 81. days of my first band, Feeble. Feeble. I used to... Yo, we used to play in the basement, right? In Easton. Did you book those shows? No, no. You were just at them, right? Yeah. Okay. What was the name of the place? It was just a ba- uh, kid's basement in a house. Oh, like a basement show? Yeah. Oh. Scotty, right? Was it Scotty? Scotty? Yeah, I think he booked it. Oh, that's awesome, man. Wow. That's cool. Some old friends walked in the room. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We didn't even say where we're at. We're in all, we're in uh, Poughkeepsie. We're in Poughkeepsie at the in. Chance Theater right now. We're playing tonight with Madball and uh, Ego Destroys. Mm-hmm. Uh, Who else? And Yo, Ziguri. There's a band from Russia playing tonight. Is it really? Yeah. Broforce. Broforce is from Russia. From Russia. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, Russia. Don't mess with them. They'll break you in half. Well, listen. I, don't I care said how big you are, Valente. With a band name like Bro Force, <laughs> it kind of sounds like a weird name for an American band to pick for a band. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So that makes more sense. That makes more sense now. Trans- translation issue. It makes more sense now. Yeah, oh, that's cool, man. We didn't even mention where we see were. see you guys. We're at the legendary Chance Theater, Poughkeepsie, New York, built in 1912, originally as an opera house. 
went on for years in many formations, eventually would burn down in 1984. After 1984, it was rebuilt. We just took a tour of it. You know what they showed us? What? Guns, it's hanging on that wall. If you want, you can shut that door if you want. That no, I guns, like the spaceship sounds. Guns and Guns and Roses uh, contract from 1984. Damn. Yeah, it's crazy. They crazy. paid $2,000 to play here. That's dope. And what's the other one? And now we're getting paid $20,000. Bon Jovi. So cool. Oh, bon Jovi contract. He played on, here on a different name, like a surprise show. Yeah. And uh, John she Bovey. sold us uh, Slayer's uh, contract from 83 or something. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Yes, the 750 bucks, I think. Sick, man. Dude, so cool. But yeah, very historic place. So and listen. They were I'm, nice enough to let us set up here. They were treating us very nice. Now, you're... Dad yeah. was really, really, really into doo-wop music. Yes. Wasn't he in a in a group he was in with a, Frankie Vincent and Joe Pesci? No, no, but he had, those guys didn't do doo-wops. They did like a guitar and one singing. More like a rock and roll. My dad did a, a group that dudes stand on the corner over a garbage, pan, a garbage can that's on fire. Yeah, yeah. And they were called the Blenders. Take it back. Yeah. Do, 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 Think do, of that. Take it back. Think of that in the classic Philadelphia Rocky scene, except Newark, New Jersey, in the 50s, 60s. Dope. Resisting any temptation of hippie music infiltrating their lifestyle. They did all the uh, doo-wops. So it's funny you mentioned doo-wops because in the scene with Go Get Your Shine Box, you notice a guy that's on Frankie in Frankie Vincent's crew, a big tall guy with like black, real tight, curly hair. And he kind of reacts to like what's going on, but he'll never get. He never has a, a vocal part. Originally, he was supposed to have a speaking scene in that scene, and he was almost. He was supposed to basically sell out, uh, Frankie Vincent, like. And he talked Scorsese. He's like, Nah, that would never happen. This guy wouldn't do that, you know. So he talked himself out of the part. But that guy, I wish I could remember, but that guy is in a famous doo-wop band, a doo-wop group. And I don't know if it was Dion and the Belmonts or like one of those groups, but look that up, Google it. He's a doo-wop guy that uh, that they also brought in for the scene as an extra. But he talked himself out of a that's a, a story that you know. So he was like a neighborhood guy that they all but his, knew. His group got big though. Oh, okay. he, he was. I think he was in Dion. You ever hear Dion? Yeah, Belmont? yeah. Yeah. I think he was in that group. Maybe what? I don't know. If, he was in one of those famous doo-wop groups. Google him. But he talked himself out of the uh, out of the speaking part. When I was a kid, I grew up, as many of you know, and many of you, more of you probably don't know, but I grew up in a weird cult type of a situation. Should we say the name of it? Uh, yeah, we, we'll save it for another we time. We probably did in the past if they, we have steady I don't, I don't want to distract from yeah. this story. So I grew up, I, I didn't have a TV until I was a late, late teens. Um, Hell on earth. Listening to music, I had to be, most music was very taboo in my house. So like when I first discovered like punk rock music, like that was an absolute no no, and I had yeah. to hide it literally under my bed or un, you know in the closet listening to a radio. Got thrown out of the crib over that. Yes. Yeah. So, um, but what I could listen to was oldies. Yeah. And I would listen to oldies ninety nine point nine, or there was another one one hundred six point three. It was like a cool oldie station, and I fell in love with. Music from the fifties and sixties. Yeah, I love that music to this day. It's, it's isn't it, isn't it up weird there how on my favorite. It's so good, but it didn't keep going. Yeah, like we're still listening to bands that sound like the Doors, right? Forty, fifty years later, but for some reason the doo wop style style. You know, it's definitely kids that do it, but 
it kind of just stopped. Yeah, as a popular uh, art form, yeah. it definitely died off. Yeah. But so I I grew up since a kid listening to oldies and loving it, especially the the vocal groups from yeah, the 50s. Some of the best singers ever. So when I finally met your dad, he we kind of clicked over that. He's a historian on that stuff. Because he has so much knowledge of these groups. Yeah. And he, put, he turned me on. <laughs> There's so many groups that I never even heard of that never got big on the radio. Yeah. But, um. Yeah, later in life, he was booking those t- kind of shows when them dudes were mad old. <clears throat> yeah, I saw he, he he brought us to a show in South Carolina where this this band actually had like an orchestra. Yeah. And w- like the old school kind of orchestra where they're sitting in front of a stand that has a logo on the front. Mm-hmm. And they got a xylophone looked, player. Looked like it should be like the, this. The music part of a talk show from the fifties or something, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but he turned me on to so many cool doo-wop groups I never heard of, and um, I remember he said his favorite. I think his favorite group was the Moonglows, definitely. And he said that was his favorite, but he said the best vocal group of all time, the pinnacle of vocal groups, uh-huh. was the Beach Boys. Mm. He said the Beach Boys perfected. The art of harmonies yeah. and uh, and layering, and then they added the recording aspect into yeah. it that the other groups didn't That's have what he used access to. Say. to. They had the budget, yeah, yeah. They had great voices, but he loved the Moonglows. That was his favorite. And the singer of the Moonglows, he thought was the number one guy. Say his name, Harvey Fuqua. <laughs> That's the coolest name ever. Harvey Fuqua, the frontman of the legendary Moonglows, who play. See, in all of that mafia generation stuff, it was so big. The scene in Bronx Tale when they're beating up the bikers, the music in that scene. It starts out as one thing, and then it turns into yeah. Moon Glows, it's, right? It's the Moon Glows. It starts out as more like the a ten, rock song, the right? The Ten Commandments of Love. Yeah. Is one. Thou I shall never love another. Harvey Fuqua's voice is like silk rolling out of the speaker. It's unbelievable. But those guys, he used to have bootleg tapes of those guys completely going acapella. That's the test my dad always had. Dudes, all right, they have a great song in the studio, even though in the, in the studio in the 50s. What do you got, two microphones? But if they went acapella, that's where like he would give respect. So he even like boys to men and stuff like that, he would dig on that. But straight old school dude, loved the doo-wops. He liked some other kind of music, but you know, he didn't really have much, much tolerance. Speaking of the moon glows, remember there was a... Uh there was like a uh, a New York urban style whatever clothing store in Tannersville, PA. Yes. Remember those those guys? Yeah. And what was the name of their group? The Force MDs. Force MDs. Yes. So, th- what was the connection between those guys and the Moonglows? I don't know. Was it their uncle or something like that? Oh well, they, the the Force MDs. A lot of the original guys and the original singer who had a sick voice. They were brought. They were brothers. But the singer, the original singer, Khalil died. and Steve was the one guy. Khalil, Steve, they were still and, uh, alive. Yeah, the the singer who had like you'd listen to some Force MD stuff and just the early stuff. The the lead singer was unbelievable. But somehow, through us hanging out with them, they had a clothing store like you know with all like you know Fat Farm, Fubu gear, you know whatever. And we would just whatever hang out. We were trying the store. to wear look cool at the time. Yeah, we we, 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 were, we stayed fresh at Peppy, all times. London. With the, with the bubble jackets, all silver, everything, silver Reeboks, parachute pants. I had a jacket I, that I got. I bought off a of Carl Weinbrecht. Yeah, that was a Tommy Hilfiger jacket. Yeah. The whole jacket was reflector. 
Yeah, the it silver. Was, it was silver reflector yeah. tape, the whole jacket. So if you saw it, like if you shine your car lights on it, it would blind Sick. you. We had a we had a connection back then to the Tommy Hilfiger store. Yeah, <laughs> and one of our uh, Puerto Rican friends would uh, make arrangements to throw out the trash. But what he was really throwing out is the goods. <laughs> Hefty bags and we full swing of jackets. by in, in, in the tinted out lowered bass booming Pathfinder. <laughs> or the Maxima. Yeah, it, and it's dumping in the back, boom, and split up. Oh, this one don't fit. This one fits. So we was geared up for Tommy Hilfiger forever. Selling selling uh this the shit that nobody wanted yeah. to other people. But the key, yeah, the force MDs, they were from uh New York, but somehow like every other New Yorker ends up by us. They had a hit song called Tender Love. Yeah, it's a great song. Yeah, it's a good song, real big but hit. They were a vocal and that was group. that was in the time when a hi- they were they were considered a hip hop group. Yeah. But it was it was an R and B group. You yeah. know what I mean? But that was in the time in the beginning of hip hop when it was like it was about the the lifestyle, not about yeah. the sound so much as a, as it they was were like about the earlier lifestyle. boys to men. Yeah. Yeah. Straight like they you it, it had some generic beats that were kinda Staples of the early '80s, and they sang about time. love. It, yeah. was all, it was all love songs. But that guy's voice, the one who died, unfortunately, unbelievable. But yeah, there was some connection with them and Harvey Fuqua. But check it out if you don't know the Moonglows, I guarantee you heard Moonglow songs. You just never heard the name of the band. But the Ten Commandments of Love—that's a classic. And uh, what other one? They have another real big hit. There were so many back then, but yeah, vocals back then were crazy. But that's the whole generation that Frankie Vincent came out of, and the whole basis of these mob movies from those <clears> times, <throat> and even like the Sopranos episodes where he's dealing with old managers from old doo-wop bands and the nephews who are now rappers are trying to go back and get the money off them. Yeah, the doo-wop scene was like uh, it was huge, and it's so cool that it's kind of like a hip hop thing or a punk rock thing because. You don't need anything to no. start this kind of group. You need four dudes. You need four dudes who can sing and are yeah. willing to put in the work to become dope. Yeah. So you just this, fucking this practice. Is the bad part. You just practice. Those groups, they sold tens of millions of records. Yeah. Their songs to this day are famous. Little kids know their songs, but they never got paid. Nothing. Woven into the fabric of of our yes. culture. Never got paid paid nothing. Like under the boardwalk type songs and stuff that you know if if you got if you got a couple million plays now you could get loaded you know what i mean yeah. you could and you don't even have to perform live these guys were busting ass performing live not getting nothing off all the physical sales they were doing and they're still busting their ass now. Yeah. Like the ones who are still alive are still touring they're still playing doing resorts. this crazy shit yeah. playing resorts because they have to yeah they should be living fat right now they just, should be you know that, that was one form of music where they just got they got really fucked over and it didn't like last long enough for them to realize i'll start my own label yeah or i'll do something you know you got to give props to some of the rappers for really saying fuck it i'll start my own label yeah dudes like master p because how could you be such a shitty rapper make so much money you start your own label you know when stuff was selling left and right he knew that back then because now you look back and you say Oh, uh, an artist back then, if they would have sold 70,000 records, they'd get dropped. Because that's how many records were getting sold. But if you sold 70,000 in your own record, you're good. Mm-hmm. If you're getting that money, you're good. Like He he saw that way back then. And then, you, of course, you got guys like you know Jay-Z and all these, these, these guys that did their own record thing. And, and they tie it in with an with a endorsement from Nike 
or an yeah. endorsement from uh, Gatorade or something like that, and then yeah. you're you're fucking you're flush, man. Yeah, it's a different time. It's like a, a weird way of. Uh, I was talking like last night with Slane. We played Providence, Rhode Island last night with Madball. Great show. Thanks, Greg. Treated us good. But I was talking to Slane about numbers and pre-sales and reckon how much difference the numbers are because digital. They don't. You know. You don't need to. You got Spotify. Yeah. You listen to everything. And, you know. You could go. <coughs> and he he mentioned one positive thing is your catalog. When you get the numbers and you look at it, your catalog old stuff gets played a lot. Because if people just put it on the channel, now random stuff is coming up, you know. And, and where, where it used to be like, oh, you got a new CD for like a year and a half, it sells good, then it just stops. You know, the catalog doesn't keep on, for you know, unless you're a Guns N' Roses or something like that. But now you, you can still make a few cents a piece off real old songs. If rates would get adjusted and they start giving artists what's fair, you know, maybe a couple bucks could come back, you know what I mean? people could eat again it's crazy how it got flipped it's like it's it making your own label put it back into the hands of the artist not back into i would say for the first time put it in the hands of the artist yeah. but it also kind of fed into the destruction of this like you yeah. the 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 bands who can make a living easily yeah by being supported by a great label, uh -huh. that kind of went away but also. But you know? you know what? A lot of bands, even in the, uh, the 60s and 70s, did it. The Beatles did it. They made their own label. Oh, there you go. And then Led Zeppelin did it. Yeah. And they got their own. What Atlantic. was Zeppelin's called? Swan Song. Swan Song. But it was like a sub. It was like Atlantic Records. Yeah. Part the of one it. thing, the, one thing that the rappers did a little different was when they made, they kind of followed that diagram and they had backing of the major label on their own label. But then... They'd go and Dr. Dre would pick up Eminem, and that would be completely his, but he's still tied with his own stuff on his major. Then Eminem would pick up 50 Cent, and that would be completely his. Pyramid then 50, scheme. <laughs> then 50 Cent would pick up D9, or what are they called again? D12. Yeah. D12. I was saying D9 because District 9 played last night, but we couldn't see him because we played in Providence, but I heard it was a dope show. I love District 9. But anyway, the original point of the topic was rest in peace, Frankie Vincent, neighborhood celebrity hero, Italian-American god. Pretty cool, man. That's a cool uh, dude to say. He touched you, touched you on the top of the head. <laughs> Too many times. How you doing, Richie? I'm big boy. And used to be a lot of dudes like that. would come. You know who was from my area a little bit that was infamous? I didn't know the person, but Kuklinski. Kuklinski. The Iceman. Oh, really? Oh, shit, really? That real Kuklinski? Yeah. Oh, shit. The Iceman was in the mix with all of these guys because, let's face it, you know what kind of guys yeah. they were. He wasn't their friend, but he was a work associate. They would tip so their cap to people him. People knew Kuklinski before he got pinched and what he was about. You know what I mean? That's but, a scary dude. Yes. Yes. He was, uh, he was from uh, maybe Bergen County, but his he had kids. His kids were around. And uh, there was a lot of dudes from up there, man. Like, you know, but uh, he was cool. There was another famous, like a doo-wop guy that used to come on. <sighs> Bowser? No. Shanana? Bowser had that voice. Do 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 do. That was that was how popular that music. It had its own. What do you call that kind of show? Like uh, where like, like a, a variety show. Yeah, yeah, its own variety show with like doo-wop dudes. <laughs> then you had you had Happy Days. <clears throat> You know what I mean? Yeah. But listen, this is this is how racist this country is. What's the Fonz's name? Arthur Fonzarelli. He's a thug, right? 
Now, how about the, uh, remember the twins with the cars that would fuck everything up in, 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 uh, in Happy Days? Was the, that Lenny and Squiggy? The Malachi twins, I think they were called. Hatchy Malachi? Then there was, I'm just saying, go back <laughs> and remember. look at every old sitcom and every troublemaker, unlawful person was an Italian name. On all those old sitcoms, how about uh like, you know they always had greasy grease back hair, leather jacket on, and they came in, into an orphanage a house, and they were no good, and they had an Italian name. I'm not even kidding. Think about it. No, uh, yeah, I hear you, but that might have been a style thing. I mean, the Italian name you can't fuck exactly. with. Arthur Fonzarelli. I'm sure the slick back hair and the leather jacket was a style, right? Ah, uh, just like it's a greaser style, right? Yeah, that was like a that was a yeah. thing that people. Yeah, did. but look at the name. Look at the names of the dudes, of the criminal type dudes, or the people that needed help, the street people, the people that didn't follow the law. You know, I'm telling you, you, it could be from like different strokes. If the, a wise guy friend from different strokes comes on the show for two episodes, he has an Italian name. Yeah, well, yeah, so that's I mean, a good that research like project for you, Post America podcast fans. Mm-hmm. Go it's research against my people. I always point this out. This is one of my best cases for that. Little Caesars, Little Caesars logo is a little tiny short guy with a humongous nose that only knows two <laughs> words. And it's the same word, pizza, pizza. And that's all he cares about. He wants to eat pizza all day. He's got a big nose, and, and he likes pizza. Dude, um, I'll, t- I'll it, take a knee for that. Imagine. Imagine uh, uh, imagine Taco Bell having a little dude in a sombrero that only says, taco, 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 taco. I mean, they kind of did with the dog. That was a pretty racist commercial. <laughs> I think <laughs> the, little, the little chihuahua dog. It was dog. a dog, though. He wasn't a Mexican. Taco Bell. Well, yeah, he's got a Mexican accent. How about how about somebody that sells how how it's Kentucky, pretty racist, I'm Kentucky Fried Chicken comes out, and they got a young brother, Buckwheat Head, and he said, "Chicken, fried chicken, fried chicken, yo, lights out, baby." That's it. LA's in a riot. But you know, us the times we say, "Should we do something about this?" We all had our own. We we all have a big group. You gotta text take message. a knee, man. Take a lesson <sighs> from the brothers. Take a knee. You know what? Let's get off Frankie. Rest in peace, Frankie Vincent. What about the knee situation with the NFL? Uh, you know what, man? I don't really give a shit what people are doing on their knees. I don't care. It doesn't bother me. It's like I, I to me, if you make a if it if it makes you angry enough to not watch football, how lame is that? You're a fucking crybaby. You are you are a, a snowflake. Crybaby. You are you're a triggered snowflake. The definition of snowflake. I, w- I wasn't really sure what Snowflake meant Until I for see a while, people upset over that. But I see that, and yes, you are a snowflake. Just like someone uh, someone is a snowflake because, uh, you know, they don't like the, the color of your hat, you know? Exactly. You're also a snowflake. And let me make it clear, 100%. I would never take a knee during the national anthem. I would fight for my country if necessary. But when people use this analogy... People die for that flag, and you disrespect it. No, people don't die for a flag. People die for an idea a flag may represent. And our flag is supposed to represent freedom. Okay, now what are they dying for? They're dying for freedom. So what are you mad about? You are mad because people are exercising freedom. So people never died for a flag. They died for freedom, and you're upset now that those sacrifices aren't in vain? Did you want those sacrifices to go to no use at all? This is exactly what those sacrifices are supposed to be. 
the freedom. If somebody wants to close their eyes during the national anthem, do push-ups during that, it's their right. If they work for a company and the company has beef, that's up to them. But for a civilian at home to get butthurt because someone's just keeping their mouth shut and taking a knee, I, I would be. I, I don't like it. I don't like to see it to, because I think the whole point of the protest, if it's for police brutality, I think they destroyed their whole cause because people are so far be to the next issue. You know what I mean? But it's freedom, and that's why people die for freedom, not for a flag. I talk to enough soldiers at this point active soldiers and retired soldiers who say <clears throat> that who are not offended by people taking a knee they say i wouldn't do it yeah but that's that's like if me you, you can't be mad at that if you're a soldier you can't be mad at that because that's why that's why you're being a soldier so yeah. people can do that people have the right to do whatever the fuck they want yeah in that in in that instance yeah exactly i, I grew up not uh, well, I, we would stand for the Pledge of Allegiance, and we would stand for because the that national same anthem. cult you mentioned earlier didn't allow you. Yes, but we—I've never said the Pledge of Allegiance. You weren't allowed because, I, yeah, well, I was yeah. taught it was—it was wrong. I've never said sang. Well, I have sang the national anthem just you know on my own. Yeah, um, just from hearing it so many times, you kind of learn it. So I could sing it right now. It would sound fucking amazing. I love it. It gives me cold chills when I hear it. Makes me want to kill communists. Makes me want to kill terrorists. Makes me want to chop the heads off anyone that contradicts what it is to be an American. If you come into my home, I will shoot you because I have the fucking right to do so. Don't anyone ever try to take away my guns. Don't you come on my property. Don't you try to steal my pickup truck. You understand? This is mine. This is my country, you goddamn motherfuckers. The bombs bursting in air gave proof through the night that our flag was still there. Oh, say does that star-spangled banner yet So I know it. Kinda. I did a little didgeridoo for respect of our Australian friends at the end. We know it. We love it. We love America. But don't get it twisted, you dummies who care about football. Either you like to watch people run around, hit each other, and throw a ball, or you don't. It's not about anything else. Why are you even watching the beginning of the game? And people that say, they're just entertainers. Just shut up and entertain. Okay, well. <laughs> why are you even watching yeah. the beginning of the game? <laughs> yeah, why are you even watching? It didn't even start yet. There's now, nothing even out. happening yet. Check this out. But for the argument that they're just entertainers, just entertainers, shut up. Uh, when I go to the movie, nobody makes me stand up and say the Pledge of Allegiance before I, that's entertainment. If I go to see a comedian, I've got to stand up and say the Pledge of Allegiance with the whole audience before that starts. If I go take so, my kids to see Justin Timberlake, yeah, so he's not making me do obviously work. It's, it's, not, it's something different. It's a sporting event. For some reason, people like to do this weird new tradition of standing up and say saying something together. But if somebody doesn't want to do it, 
then who cares? And it's not an old tradition either. It's not even old. The tradition of standing no, up at, in new. the beginning of a football game, that's new. new. Like yeah. like a few decades maybe. When the military started putting money into the exactly. NFL. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's like you can't even argue that point with people. But at at one point, the military started buying television time during sporting events. And that's when the whole thing in the beginning became a thing. Well, so here you got like, your subsidized welfare football teams that are getting money from the state to build their stadiums to make profit and then they're getting money from the US military to play commercials so it's not like they're they're military lovers themselves otherwise they'd be doing all this stuff for free on the arm but people are acting like this is the way George Washington planned it like yeah. you know like the football goes the back to the revolutionary war you know and then they, you yeah. know they stood and but let's be a, fair did a song together and then smashed each and other and it wasn't like that it wasn't like that at all but let's be fair the NFL are snakes Absolutely, their 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 trickery. When Tim Tebow took a knee for a prayer, he got fined. Fined, no question, got fined. Don't pray. You can't do that. What? You can't pray? I don't care if he prays. Am I going to pray? No. Am I going to kneel? No. But I, I don't care if somebody else does. When Dallas Cowboys wanted to wear a patch for fallen policemen who were murdered, nope, can't do it. Otherwise, you get fined. But now, in the own and in, in the NFL's own bylaws, it says you have to stand, or the corporation says you have to stand during the national anthem. And when people don't, they don't enforce that. So they're hypocrites. They're rats. They have an agenda. They have a side. If I was a coach, I would say, listen. If you ask me about my team, whoever on my team wants to do whatever they want, they're going to do it. But we're going to do it next to each other. That's just the way it is. We're not going to. Stand in the locker room and hide out and and dodge any controversy. We're going to come out. If a guy wants to kneel, he's going to kneel. And the guys on his team, I'm going to tell them, you respect everybody in this team regardless of their choices. If they want to stand and you're a kneeler, you respect. If they kneel and you're a stander, you you respect. We're here to play football, win. That's it. I like uh, the commentator. I'm, I'm Lombardi Mancuso. football player Shannon Sharp had a, a, a little rant that he went on. And he said, "This wouldn't. Have, this was a problem now for the NFL owners because Donald Trump is turning on them who yeah, supported. Yep. But he, they're people with money, and now he's fucking with their money, their billion dollar industry. Mm. He's fucking with that. So you're taking money away from, you're taking viewers away from these huge money sponsors." How much does a as a NFL Sunday uh, yeah. commercial spot cost? You know what I mean. Let alone like playoffs and the Super yeah. Bowl. Like those are millions and millions of dollars just for a few seconds of TV time. So now you're fucking with their money by taking viewers away. Yeah. So they that's why they the owners joined in. It's not, it has nothing to do with sticking up oh, for their yeah. players. It has to do with you know, you're that, fucking with my money. That's one now. thing that if I was a player, that might be one thing that make me kneel. <clears throat> was just hear somebody telling that telling people that they want to see my friends get fired because they have an opinion that might make me kneel like you can fire my friend because he don't agree with you i don't even agree with him but yo he's a good player that's all that counts he's not yelling and screaming and spitting on the ground during the national anthem he's just quietly kneeling it's a real weird situation and supposedly i mean i see it a lot of people are really upset and it's funny because i remember when that kid down south walked into the black church and killed nine people mm-hmm. murdered them I didn't hear a peep out of any of these people. That wasn't important enough. But it's, an, it's important enough that people are kneeling on Sunday when they want to sit on their fat asses and eat pizza and watch TV. That's a problem? Like, Dude, why are they even noticing? This kind of shit just brings 
the most well, evil racist shit up to the surface, man. And people, they they'll yell to their blue in the face that no, this is not about racism. It's not yeah, it fucking is about racism. It's absolutely about it's, racism. It's thinly veiled racism. At best, their defense is even white guys are kneeling. Yeah, but that's that's not the point. We know what it's about. We're not stupid. It, there's racism involved, and even there's people legitimately offended that these people are kneeling that aren't racist at all. But listen, either you know what your country is about or you don't. And if somebody should leave this country, maybe it's someone who doesn't like freedom. Okay, ISIS tells people what to do when their flag is is shown. So does North, North Korea. Korea tells people what to do when their flag is shown. And there's penalties for not respecting flags in those among those types of people. If you want to be part of that, you can. But over here, I'm sorry, but it's a free country and I'm sorry that you hate your country. I was told that in Thailand. I want to yell, but I'm at the chance theater. Good friend <laughs> Ray haters. frequently chills. I was told that if you don't stand for the national anthem in Thailand, they They'll will kill you. beat the shit out of you right in the street. They'll take your baby and hit his head on the concrete. Interesting. There you go. Well, you know what, though? I've seen uh, it. A more cynical person might say, you know, look at how the president behaves and say, well, you know, what else is going on while he's stirring the pot of angst over the kneeling issue? You know, what, what, what else was happening in the mm. United States? What other kinds of laws might bit. be being slipped through the, the Senate? And the house, what kind of bills, you know? Nothing that these people care enough about to protest about or to 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 say I'm not watching the NFL anymore. No, nothing that important, Chris. Eh, shocking, shocking. Yeah. He could he could change the law to totally destroy their way of life, but that wouldn't be important enough as if he because yeah. it was a little bit of it had a little bit of stir, you know, when it was started. But when once he chimed in and said, "Fire these son of sons of bitches," then people just went crazy because he has a group of people that just swing off his balls like oh, yeah. chimps on a vine. You fucking weak-minded suckers! These are politicians. Don't sweat any politician. All right, unless I become a politician, then you should be listening to everything you say. But you shouldn't sweat any of these politicians. I'm getting mad and I want to yell, but I'm in the, the, the chance theater. It's not right. Listen, yeah, a lot, a lot of wacky stuff. A lot of wacky stuff to get your eye off the ball of what kind of bullshit ineptitudes are happening here, you know. <laughs> but check it out. We uh, we just wanted to do something quick because uh, we, we set up hoping to talk to a very important guest. Who we, we still might. We, we still, still might. might. We That's still what I'm might. trying to tell the people. So we set up our stuff so if he shows up on time, mm-hmm. we're ready to go. And I think there's a band playing right now, so it probably will be quiet enough to get him in here. If that's a band if, and not the PA, we're good to go. If he shows up on time, we'll get him in. We're going to have a great interview for you guys. But this is something to hold you over because I know you guys just love listening to me. I mean us. And uh, this is a very important podcast for your boring, fucking lame lives. And you have to <laughs> live through us and our exciting th- – I mean we had such an exciting – Three-hour trip from Providence to Poughkeepsie today. Oh, man, if you could only have been incredible. on it. It was incredible. It was so good. Uh, we <laughs> did have a delicious meal at Billy Bob's Barbecue. Very good. In Poughkeepsie, yes. New First York. First rate. You ever get the chance and you like barbecue, it is no joke. Yeah, it was really good. It sounds like kind of like a hokey type of name, but it's fucking When you walk good, in, man. you know, okay, this is not no sucker place. This is a real place. It just looks like a bar. But it has a good reputation here amongst the locals, and that's how we trail our food. We go by the locals. We they go to the bathroom. We go in the bathroom. We smell them, and then we say, "Okay, I think they." No, Billy Bob's is <laughs> gross. Is great barbecue, and I had something called the I forget what it was called, but it was like called a the beefy mac, beefy mac, which was beef brisket flavored beef brisket 
buried underneath beautiful, crunchy macaroni and cheese. We can't rec- recommend the place enough. It was great. Uh, should we talk about the thing that I passed on today? What was that? What did you pass on? Talk about it on the next one. What, what do you mean? You can say city, that we could edit this New out. New York City. Oh. Uh, uh, yeah, it don't matter. Nothing to do with us, you know what I mean? Yeah, but, you know, it's in my it's in my head. I'm going to talk about it. Go ahead. <clears throat> I passed on a chance to sing at uh, Tompkins Square Park today. Mm. Because I didn't think it would be possible. I didn't realize that Poughkeepsie and New York were as close as they are. Still not that close. I don't really don't know if you'd make it. Uh, because, well, now that I'm thinking about it, like pe- there's people I work with that commute every day yeah. from from uh, up here yeah, uh, down to, to Manhattan. It's a Saturday. All right, so already the buses and trains are running halftime. You're, what are you, like hour 45 minutes? If you take a train, you're stopping stopping every 15 minutes. You're stopping. There's not, It's not like the March bus one to... And, it's a lot yeah, of stuff. Yeah, the trains from up here are just going to stop. And us. on a Saturday, there's no express. So you do that. You get down there. Who knows when they have you on. They might have you on at 530. You play. Well, you rush out of there. You get on the thing. I don't know if you'll, you'd make it. You might. I, I think I would. You might. I think it would be fine. I'm not, I'm not positive about it. You might, though. You might. But uh, I just want to let you people know that uh, I did this for you. Did you did it because you had a show at Poughkeepsie, New York, and you didn't. Shh, uh, no, 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 no. As usual, you no, no, didn't no, no, do your no, no, homework no, 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 and find out the details. I did it for you people. All right, yo, let's let's wrap it up. We got this in a bag. In case nothing happens, we'll throw this up for the people. But remember, October's here, and people want to hear another Halloween episode. We got some good stories right. brewing. Um, we got some really cool shit. Yo, you know, I took Anthony to see it. That's a mistake. And uh, yeah, it was a big mistake. <laughs> I hate scary movies. Yeah. I don't fucking like them, and I don't understand people who love going to see scary shit and being startled constantly for an hour and a half. I don't. I don't understand the, the obsession with that. Yeah. And we went to see it, and holy shit, I fucking holy it was. Sh- it's it. a good movie. Yeah. It's a very good movie, but I don't. I kept saying to him, I'm like, I said, we could leave whenever you want, and he was like, No, nah, no, nah, it's good, it's good, no, nah, it's fine. Nah. Got balls, a kid, and then uh. That night, though, it was like right on my hip ah, all night in our house. Ah. He was like, we were walking around the house, and he would like, wherever, if I leave the room, he leaves the room with me. Wow. And then uh, he so came in. here, boy. He came in my room at like one thirty in the morning. He's like, hey. And I, and I woke up, and he's just standing there staring at me, and That's I'm already scary. fucking scared because yeah. I saw this movie. And he's like, Dad, can I sleep in your bed tonight? I was like, yeah, sure. Go ahead. <laughs> Yo, it's a scary That's movie. That's funny. Man. Scary movie. That is funny. I think he's over it by now. That was that was probably a week ago. But yeah, man. go see, let him see a good movie. So well, we're I mean, going nice to uh, we're going to have some good Halloween stories coming up for you, and hopefully we can record another episode or two tonight. People, thanks for listening. Send questions. We got some really good ones. Uh, send questions to postamericapodcast at gmail dot com or at postamericapodcast on Instagram, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Fastbreakrecords.com. Go buy some shit. Peace. We out of here.
Post America Podcast. The Post America Podcast. The Post America Podcast. The Post America Podcast. 